Welcome to the Business Addicts Podcast, where the stakes are high, talk is cheap, and results are on the other side of commitment. Hosted by a former addict, myself, and I'm his wife, Jamie. We uncover addicts' mindsets, showing that the talents you've created in your struggle will be the superpowers you leverage to heal your deepest wounds. Listen to former addicts share stories of how they've flipped the switch, including insights into how much we can believe in ourselves. For those of you affected by addiction, we support your desire to help the addict in your life by raising the stakes and creating emotional barriers. Here is part two of our conversation with Mike and Becky. We'll dig into a variety of subjects, including learning about healthy and unhealthy coping. Can I ask a teacher question, Becky? Yes, so, please. Like what you're saying about just understanding the differences between people is so powerful. And I feel like too often our system has been more structured around, you know, like a certain set, like book smarts, things like that. Yes. And how do we, how do we add some of your perspective to? Yeah. So <laughs> as Mike knows, you know, I'm pretty passionate about, about education, but um, there are so many fabulous teachers out there. Virtually every teacher I have met is fully invested in their children and fully wants them to do their best. That being said, right now, collectively in education, it's a hot mess. You know, it's a struggle. They are, the schools are underfunded, understaffed. You have teachers with massive classrooms And just logistically, you have one teacher with 20-odd children, each of those children, tremendous needs. I was, uh, just a little snapshot, I was subbing in a class the other day, first grade class. So these are little guys, like six years old, seven years old. One's floating in a foster home and upset because her bio siblings just got adopted and she's not getting adopted. Another one is homeless. Mom has stage four cancer and mom had, mom's been arrested a couple times recently too. Another one um, always comes to school hungry and doesn't necessarily know where their next meal is coming. And those are just like three in a class of 20. So now these kids come in and the government or whoever is telling us like, you need to work on your ABCs and you need to work on the math and you need to work on this. These kids can't even begin to start learning their ABCs or math when they have all this social emotional trauma that they're bringing. They just need to be virtually loved up all day and felt secure. And this teacher whose class I was subbing in, she's like, which really hit me profound because I was going home saying, I need to adopt all these children right now. And she was like, this is why I teach where I teach in the area we teach in right now because at least I can give them a safe place for the time that they're in school, which is so profound. So the short answer to, there's a million answers to your question, but the short answer is they just need more. And I don't know how to do that without putting 10 teachers per classroom virtually. But my biggest takeaway right now is the schools are in desperate need of social emotional learning right now. Yeah, interesting. If I were in the classroom and I were making the rules right now, I would get rid of all the book work for now. I would get all rid, rid of all the workshops and just 
focus on social emotional learning. How we have these crazy behaviors in the classrooms right now. Kids acting up. They have they're having these big feelings. Who knows what they're coming from at home? A lot of times, not great stuff. So they're coming into school mean, scared, hurt, acting out because they haven't learned how to process any of this stuff. And they don't have a safe place to process any of this stuff. When you don't have a safe home life, you don't know where you're going to sleep that night, or you don't know if mom's going to be there that night, X, Y, and Z. You're in a constant state of like fight or flight. That's just how your your body's trying to protect you, and that's how it's going to protect you. And so all the educational curriculum stuff, it's just kind of pointless at that point, if you ask me. <laughs> you know, yeah. we need to work on that. We need to work on your social emotional learning. You are safe here. And if you're having these big feelings, how can we work through this without kicking a chair over or yelling yeah. at your teacher, your staff mate? To answer your question, like I think all teachers try to strength-based teach, you know, they try to pull out this other stuff, but they're so overwhelmed with other issues that it's hard to connect with all your children. Just hard. So like, you know, Mike, you're coaching people. We have uh, a coaching business. Jamie supports coaches a lot and helps them shine like she has with my work. Um, Her team helps me a lot. So basically what I'm hearing is that Whatever the cause that got us here, this is our our time as a whole country, or I'm, I'm assuming it's the whole country. It, it feels like it is. Mm-hmm. To just rise up and like deal with some of the, what, whatever the reason is. Maybe it was because of just our, it's not because of the past generations, but maybe we're now to the point where we can deal with some of these things. Um, and maybe that's maybe we cause them, maybe the parents cause them, maybe not. Whatever the reason is that we, our challenge for this generation is to deal with some of this mental stuff, um, this social stuff. Um, Absolutely. There's more interactions. That's one thing we're hearing is there's more interactions. There's more social interactions because of like social media. As you get older, there's just a lot more interactions. There's a lot more exposure to different people. And probably that's flooding our systems at a young age, we're already taking everything on ourselves and blaming ourselves for everything anyway. We don't know how how to assess other people's caused yeah. things. So then it's just like over a state of overwhelm at a young age. Yeah. And even like with coaching, what I'm seeing, you know, from a coaching aspect of it, it's just uh it it's it's amazing how much like even the little things you know if we're sitting with the kids are we on the phone are we on a screen are we doing but like with the coach even like screen screens can be an addiction what side effects is that having on the children like even at a young age mom or dad are sitting there on facebook or instagram or tiktok or something like that and they're scrolling through this and their kid wants their attention is that kind of spilling over into the classroom? Is that stuff really kind of spilling over? And what we think of is such a small thing, but to a kid, you know, it's such a big thing to have that disconnect with their parent in those moments and and how much that really does affect us and it affects the kids. And it's hard. It's a hard thing to deal with. What's the right amount? What's not the right amount, you know? And, um, you know, where's that healthy balance? And if, 
few peer coaches that I've worked with, you know, we've, we've talked about this quite a bit. It's like, how do we find that healthy balance of the balance between reality and social media? Because so much of a lot of our lives has to have social media to either advertise or market or interact with people that we know. And how much of that's real, really important to what we do day to day versus what is really, does that really add value to our life? You know, and it's, it's, yeah. it's a balance that every person has to figure out for themselves. And some, yeah, it is a, it's a continual struggle of like, how do we figure out how to work at home and have that? that balance. Yeah. And I know someone mentioned, or I read the other day about, you know, your time is a commodity as well. And if you think of it more like that, like, where are you using that commodity to its best value? And I'm right there, (laughs) right there (laughs) on Facebook quite a lot when it would be probably much more useful for me to be other places. So because we started talking about education and Becky, you mentioned, you know, this side that's missing in the school systems. And when you talk about like information and learning the ABCs, I mean, like Mickey Mouse teaches the ABCs now, like it's just, there's so Mm. much information available that the same things that were skills that needed to be learned a few years ago, now you can have them, you know, audible. I mean, you can have Grammarly, check your work, you know, there's just so many tools and resources available for the actual technical skills and software changes so fast that I feel like what's missing is what life coaching is bringing to people. And so it's sort of like, instead of being frustrated about the fact that there's this issue, I'm like, you know what, there's a need, like we need coaches to step up and people are going to have to do their own investments and say, I need to improve socially, emotionally, you know, and I want to improve in these areas. How can I do it? And it's like, you know what, you already have it inside of you. Let's just help bring it out. So I'm like 100% advocating for the growth in the life coaching field (laughs) because I see this need. So, yeah, yeah, because it is 90% of the time, either working with a client or, 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 or peer coaching mostly for me right now, is that, you know, we're working with somebody and it's very much, and oh, I'm struggling with this. And you can hear, well, the underlying tones and you're kind of pulling out, well, what's, what's really behind that? Not from a therapist way. Cause I, I don't have the, the knowledge as a coach. I don't have the degrees or, you know, to, to really do deep dives with people on their past history and stuff like that. But I can help people as a coach really kind of, if they have a goal, they want to get to, you know, whether it's sobriety, whether it's a new job, whether it's a new business, whatever it is, you know, getting to being a better parent, whatever it is, we can set goals. And then out of that, we kind of start nitpicking, well, it's more this issue, you know, and it's it's a social issue or it's an emotional issue. And it's this internal block that we all put in front of ourselves. It's like this, this belief system that we have. And a lot of coaches, good coaches can really help you pull those blocks out and be like, oh, I don't have an issue with this, <laughs> you know, getting to this goal. I have an issue with my thought process thinking I'm not smart enough to get to that goal or whatever it is. And you learn how to work around that with a coach. My coach I've been working with for over a year on a specific goal 
and at, at like a year in, I was like, I am surprised you don't fire me at this point. Like, and she's like, you know, no, what the issue is, is whatever someone comes to me with an issue, that's not the actual issue. There's so many layers to this stuff. And I was like, but seriously, another layer, <laughs> like how many more can I have? <laughs> you know, it's just one goal that I was looking for. And the reality is I absolutely love all of the layers that we've peeled off, all of the belief systems that I've changed, the new belief systems that I'm reprogramming and saying, you know what, I don't want to keep that old one. And just these mind shifts of like, wait, I don't have to engage. <laughs> I don't have another to do level. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what's beautiful about coaching because coaching doesn't really go into all this like psychological stuff. Being coached, you're the one doing all the work. The coach is just asking questions and really allowing you to process your own stuff. They're not trying to diagnose you. They're not trying to give you medications. They're not trying to do that. They're helping you open yourself up, peeling your own layers back without really doing much. You know, it, it's a weird technique and it's a weird skill. And it works. But the more I get into it, yeah. the more I see the value of that. My skill. coach is super quiet. Sometimes she probably says only a couple yeah. things and I'm like, man, this is a rough call. I quit being so mean. <laughs> and she's not yeah, even exactly. saying anything. Like, I haven't said anything. You're the one being mean to yourself. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's amazingly powerful stuff. And the more I get into it, the more I love it. And the more I just want to help other people. And, and I see people having an interest in personal development. And it's lacking. And like, if you look in the school systems, I mean, there's just the resources are not there and they're not there for the kids. And so there's this huge need, a huge need in the young adult community where they're, you know, high performers, lots of good things going on. And then they have high levels of anxiety around what am I doing next? And I'm like, oh my word, this is just a, a mountain of emotional issues right now. Yeah. And those kids feel like they have to fit into a box. And it's like, you may not fit into that box. Don't put yourself in that box. Like, what box do you feel comfortable in? And then kind of go like, and a lot of kids don't know how, what that feels like and how to, how to be honest with themselves about their own feelings. Cause we don't talk about it. And it's like, all right, you know, if you're feeling this way, why are you acting this way? Or why do you want to be in that box when you don't feel like you've fit in that box? But that's what the social norm is. That's what all your friends are doing. Um, it's huge stuff. And it, it's very hard to do. It kind of goes against the grain of what we grew up mm -hmm. with. You know, hey, you do this because you went to high school, you go to college. Right. You do this because you did right. this. Where, you know, halfway through a program or something, you're like, this isn't what I'm meant to be right. doing. And then you realize, oh, this is what I feel better at. Like, like I've been a mechanic my whole life. I, I love aviation. I, I owe a lot to the industry. I, I owe a lot to uh, the work I've had and, and amazing opportunities that have come my way because of my mechanics and, and that sort. But what I found is as a coach, I've found a whole new thing that I've never found in anything else in life. Like what, you know, when you just, I don't know, you hit a golf ball. Perfect. You know, you found that sweet spot. That's what I found. And I, I've never had that feeling with anything else, you know, other than my beautiful wife. <laughs> no, are you sure, no. dear? Well, <laughs> I've had it a few times, I guess. Well, it's just different things. But again, the yin and yang with yin Mike and, and I like the honesty. I love him, but he is very impulsive and he always likes to. <laughs> 
jump to a new idea, <laughs> new fantastic. I think one thing that we could do better in our culture, and I'm working with a lot of guys that I think we're recognizing together, just how it can be very healthy to as a man to really deal with emotional stuff and like get to be able to accept that part of us. The more that I work with guys that are very balanced emotionally and have started to understand their own emotions and work on their their own emotions. And you have to do that if you're going to heal emotionally and heal from addiction. Yet, I feel like this is something that could be a really powerful thing for a lot of guys is to just get in touch with that little kid in them um, and just really embrace that part of them and, and like themselves. Instead of trying to act out like in some way I'm, I'm strong because I whatever, hunt, wrestle, uh, whatever. Like that's, that's a solution we've often had maybe culturally that we've got to do something to be something. And instead, get in touch with who are we and start to like ourselves, like start to really appreciate ourselves. And uh, something I'm, I'm feeling from you, Mike, throughout the whole conversation, and, and Becky, you too, and just like that balance of like that search throughout your life of digging in a little bit. Mike, you wanted to always be authentic. I really feel that in your whole conversation. Just want to appreciate you guys and your family and just what I felt talking with you today. It's uh, it's very nice. And I appreciate the way you're serving your community and your family and the country. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you for tuning in. And to stay in touch, email us at info at businessaddictspodcast.com.